We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished. Mine! It's with the ancestors! I'm yeah, sorry, drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all feckin' boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all feckin' boring! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and that is one big pile of shits. And my name is Colin Drucker, and uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word. Ooh, <laughs> Keanu and I still say that around the house. Like, anytime I don't want him, I'm like, uh-uh-uh. We just do the uh-uh part, but... Uh, yeah, uh, it's great, uh, it's such an choice. earworm. Such an earworm. It is, mm. yes. Oh, he's so annoying in this movie, Wayne Knight. I just want to punch him. Ugh, I know, I know, but he's also just like... Like, it, it's somewhat reminiscent. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Romancing the Stone. No, I never even heard of it. Oh, great, great movie. Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas. Uh, it's an adventure in Colombia. Uh, I need you to come to the Hotel Cartagena. That's her sister, who's a terrible actress. I could go on, but Danny <laughs> DeVito is in it. And Danny DeVito is... Like, Danny DeVito walked so that Wayne Knight could run in this movie. Sure, I could picture it. I could picture yeah. that. Oh, Romancing the Stone is so good. It's It doesn't really have, like, a Best Supporting Actress in it, because, again, the sister isn't that good. But we might even have to just make an exception, because Kathleen Turner is so good in it. Nice. I don't think I've seen, like, anything that she's ever been in. Oh, I mean, maybe Peggy Sue roles. got married. Oh, Barbara no, Harris is in that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. Well, play us off. I think we've got <laughs> I know, yeah. covered everything Solved this it. week. Yeah. Um, no, we're not just here to talk about Romancing the Stone, though it is kind of a nice double feature with Jurassic Park because it is a very wet and wild adventure. Um, but no, because we are, in fact, here to talk about 1993's Jurassic Park. Uh, I am so excited to talk about this movie. I haven't seen yes. it in so long. And I really do feel like I've, like you could start the movie at the T-Rex scene. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's like an hour in, to be honest. Like you need the other subtext, I guess, you know, to kind of put it all together. But that's when the movie really takes off. It is very much an act one, act two. So yes, it's like, I, I think I looked at the, the time just to see when does the first big T-Rex happen, T-Rex attack happen, excuse me. And yeah, it was about an hour in and I thought, all right, well, you know, we've earned our way here. And to the movie's credit, we had seen dinosaurs within the first 20 minutes. That's true. That is, oh, um, I mean, that, oh, talk about like, a, you know, we talked about the, the model of an action movie and how we, you need that first opening scene to be so explosive. But it is terrifying, that raptor scene. I, I remember seeing this in the movie theaters and I was born in 86, 93, so I was seven. I, I don't think a seven-year-old should be seeing this. I'll tell you that much because I, I had to leave. Yeah, no, I I had the same thought watching this. I was like, this this is a movie in which the children are traumatized the most. The children characters are traumatized the most in this movie. Uh, and how many children in the audiences were being traumatized in 1993? Um, 93, 94? 93. Was it 93? 93, oh, yeah. great year for movies, oh, League of Their Own. Um, Ooh, yeah. I also saw it in the theaters, so my, my Jurassic Park story is that my mom... And her best friend, June, so, you know, like the, the coveted mom's best friend's character in, in a young yes. gay boy's life. They took me and I think, I don't think my, my brother may have not been there, but it, I, no, I think maybe he was. But let's just say for the sake of the story, it was me and my brother and then June's son, who is my age, and her daughter, who was like four or five years younger, and took us to the movies, uh, the ones behind the shop, right? And under the guise of we were going to see Sleepless in Seattle. Another Ooh. movie, and I was born in 85, so, like, not necessarily a movie an eight-year-old needs to be watching, but it was like, all right, we're going to go to the movies, we're going to eat popcorn, whatever. So uh, we go into, the, like, where the little window is, and 
then my mother says, uh, two adults and four children for Jurassic Park. And we lost our shit. <gasps> I still oh vividly remember losing my shit, being so excited. And it was, I mean, I can't say I remember much from the first viewing of, it, of the movie itself, but that moment is uh, galvanized in my brain. Oh, that's so fun. It's like, y'all wanted a twist. Yeah. Uh, come on, season six. Yeah. Yes. I I love that. I, I love that there's like that specific memory or that feeling of joy is sort of forever etched into your your memory. I mine is quite the opposite. I I don't think I even wanted to see the movie. I was scared. I was scared. But like no one made me. I guess I, there was a part of me that was like, okay, let's do this. And I made it through the whole movie, but I I had to leave during that kitchen scene. I just oh. couldn't do it. Like, I was like, this is, I've had enough. I felt like Jamie Gertz and Twister, this woman has been through enough. <laughs> just let her leave. Um, I And I just kind of nudged my mom and I was like, I have to go. I didn't cry, but I was just scared out of my wits. I, I remember it was summertime and I remember, or at least it was warm. I don't know when this movie came out, but... Um, and I remember like the cool air of the AC, like stepping out into the sun and like being blinded, but I felt immediately better. And I, then my brother told me later on in the night that dinosaurs could come back to life and that that, that was real. And I like hated that. <laughs> my God, you I know. Out. And then we got oh. all the toys, you know, I was, it was Jurassic Park that Christmas, everything Jurassic Park. And it's a stressful movie. It is. And and just to corroborate your your memory, it the movie came out in uh in June on June 11th in 1993 and we are of course at the tail end of June which has been action movie month here at Best Supporting Podcast. So consistency full circle. Um yeah. But yeah, I think I had the same Christmas because I had uh oh, I had so many Jurassic Park action figures. Yeah. I had Alan, I had Ellie, we had the the Ford Explorer, the green one, yes. that had like the parts of it that could get pulled off by a dinosaur or, you know, me. Um, we had the little Jeep. Uh, oh, my God. We had the, we had like a whole menagerie of, of Jurassic Park dinosaurs. That was a that was a big Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we had like the red and gray Jeep, if that makes sense. Not yes. the bright green one. Yes. I had like a Raptor that you could pull its legs back and like the claws went out, like its front arms. Yep. And then the mouth would open. Yeah. Mouth would open and there'd be a sound. And uh -huh. yeah, I loved it. And I remember, I think we had a T-Rex and you could like rip part of its flesh off. <laughs> oh, I remember like the side, you could like take part of it. Yeah. Yes. That's what happens at the very end too with those Raptors. Oh my God, you just unlocked a core memory for me. I forgot about the Raptor, but yes, we had that too. Um, I think we even had a, a Wayne Knight action figure. I feel like- No way. I feel like I remember that one because I had a, uh, a, a metric butt ton, uh, if that's, the, <laughs> if that's sure. the, the measurement for it, um, <laughs> of action figures when I was a kid. And I feel like, you know, a Wayne Knight could have slipped in there along the way. Sure, and his raincoat, stick stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. You know, like what if what if though, like what if Wayne Knight was played by like Rosie O'Donnell? You know what I mean? Or like that oh character's played by Rosie O'Donnell. Like wouldn't like there there was a bit of like, for example, I love and we're gonna spend a lot of this episode talking about Laura Dern as Ellie, but it was like, Oh, but what if Ellie was the one with the kids, you know, climbing over the fence and climbing down the tree and feeding the Brachiosaurus? Like what if we had more Ellie time? I know that would like, or if she was just like with them, like both her and yes. uh, what's his face? Grant. Um, yeah. I just feel like, I feel like we saw enough of her. I'm glad we got to see her in like the final Raptor sequence, but you know, she's got other stuff to do. She had to stay back and um, look at that. I like that. She calls it a trike instead of a triceratops. Oh, I know. She's like a musical theater person who calls it Fiddler. Yes, I was just going to say. Ugh, going to stick with this trike. Oh, this trike. Okay. Oh, we, we using shorthand now? Yeah. I'm going to go check out the Bronx later. Yes, the Brax and the Bronx. <laughs> the Brax, um, the Bronx, all of them. I, I feel like Ellie Sattler is like her style is like, 2023 i feel like i saw a thousand girls in new york city wearing that exact same outfit minus the boots maybe but that's sort mm. of like tied off shirt you know like the high-waisted khakis um i love it i like want to be here for halloween oh my god i know her outfit 
her style, it it like I know that Ellie Sattler turned me gay, and I want to believe there's a lot of like lesbians out there our age who also had like a their awakening yes. with Dr. Ellie Sattler because yes. like Ellie like running through the jungle to the power station that is i think the moment i realized i was gay in that movie theater behind the shop right in the oak tree center oh Oh, god she runs into that log i was like you're an idiot yeah but then she does that swing oh it's just like oh you bitch look at you go Uh, yeah she does all her own stunts absolutely uh she's a dern for god's sake (laughs) (laughs) hollywood royalty you know that's right uh so yeah i mean obviously we're just jumping right in but like if you're listening to this if you hit play on this episode you know what jurassic park is you know what happens and i and what i love about what happens in this movie is that it is a pretty simple story kind of like speed last week there's set up and there's like other stuff that kind of leads up to the central event but once you get down to brass tacks it's a really straightforward simple like you know adventure that that goes takes place basically over like one night over or over 24 hours basically yeah oh my gosh it it felt like the hunger games only with like dinosaurs it's just like i would be so nervous because i guess like dr grant and the kids like they don't know i guess at some point they know that the fences are down but like i don't think they know how much danger they're actually in but kind of right because like the t-rex got through the fence i don't know i don't know where this thought is going but i would just be so scared yeah i mean i i feel like yeah they have no idea what's going on which is an interesting point of view that like they're already in such an like an extraordinary unreal situation and then to have the uncertainty of like and i don't even know what's going to happen in this extraordinary unreal situation that's a, it's yeah. a it's a fucked up little dynamic yeah i oh my gosh i don't even how do you want to get into this like who do you want to talk about first there's so much i mean i i can't wait to talk about I dare I say Queen Jeff Goldblum in this movie. Oh, Jeff. Oh, best supporting Jeff. So, I mean, this movie, I, I think from like the BSA lens, you know, whether we like it or not, Laura Dern is is in a little bit less of this movie than I would like. And I, I think counts as a supporting character in this movie. Um, I think in my heart, she's the star. She's top build. She's bigger than the T-Rex. But... <laughs> You know, I feel like whenever I think about this movie and then rewatching it, because I did see it, I saw it last year when I went to Washington D.C. with those two friends, and we saw uh, it was like John Williams' birthday, and I oh and yeah, there was like the live, you know, the, at the Kennedy Center, it was like the live orchestra with the movie, and I think he was he was there either for Jurassic Park or Jaws, but he was there one night, maybe both nights, but in any event, um. So I'd seen it a year ago, yeah. but the the thing that held true for me a year ago and that I felt watching this time was like, oh, I just want like one more scoop of Laura Dern in this movie. You know, it's like one more scoop of mashed potatoes and then I'll be content. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I feel I remember her being in less of the movie, to be honest, if that mm. makes sense. Like I, I was I was happy with the amount that we saw, but yeah, one more scoop would have been great. Like if she could have, I don't know. I don't know how she would have got to them earlier, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think it's like maybe if once she is separated from Muldoon, when they're going to the power station, like what if that part of the movie was like double the length, you know what I mean? Like what if the yeah. attack in the maintenance hut was a little bit longer because it's a pretty quick scene it is very stressful and her like crying against that chain link fence at the end is so good that is that is the moment she wanted for me that is one of my favorite movie moments in all movies her crying against the fence after she gets out of the maintenance hut and turns the power back on and gets attacked by a raptor is up there for me with joe beth williams in the extending hallway and poltergeist <laughs> it's like i just sit there and i just say oh my god this is just fucking heaven yeah because her one arm is like still up it's yeah. like I, I i would like to think i mean i would be so 
scared, I would like to think that I would still keep running. But I like that. I mean, I'm obviously glad for that moment where it just like kind of all hit her. Much like Sandra Sandra Bullock last week in Speed with when she finally cries after they get off the bus. You know, it's a very human reaction. We love to see it. Yeah, I really think it. It you know, and maybe part of it, especially with these movies, is that. These mo- these like emotional reactions are especially for like eight year old, seven year old, nine year old me. Whenever I saw Speed in Jurassic Park, that's exactly how I would react. I would start crying because I was scared, and so like it's just. And of course, I identify with the woman character in the movie because like who you know who else am I gonna identify with? You know, um, yes. B D Wong. You know, I didn't know yeah. I was gay yet, uh, but uh, yeah, I just I love those human moments and. Uh, I mean, I love that about the kids, too, that, like, Tim and Lex, like, they are fucking traumatized. Like, oh, my God. Like, Lex has a panic attack when Grant is going to go back up the tree and save Tim. She is, like, full-blown, like, needs an EpiPen, ready to pass out. Yeah, he left us. He left us. Uh, She's so good, though. Yeah. I, I think she's a really good crier. I think she's a really talented actress. Um, Ariana Richards is her mm-hmm. name and I think I recently just saw like some sort of uh, you know the 25th or like I guess it'd be 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park and she, they recreated her holding like a scoop of jello or something and like uh-huh. and shaking it was cute oh that's good because she like I mean my memory of her was like oh she was in like two movies this and like Angus but she was in like a whole bunch of shit but I feel like she ultimately I don't know. Maybe she just made really good Jurassic Park money and was like, I'm out, Hollywood. Monster town. I hope so. I mean, she, when she, especially when she's, like, covered in mud and she's, like, really dirty or, like, wet from the rain, she looks like a young Sissy Spacek. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, she has that, like, you know, Carrie at the prom. <laughs> sort of yes. Vibe. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting side-by-side is Carrie covered in blood and Lex covered in, in dirt. That's interesting. Yes, yes. But those, I mean, they are, I, I feel that Timmy is made to be annoying, but I can't help but but be a little charmed by him. You know, when he says like, I threw up immediately. I'm like, hurry, get out of the tree. I you know, know. you just feel bad. Yeah. Timmy, you know, I, he does. It's that Steven Spielberg thing where he, like sure. so many of his movies are, are either about like the, you know, the, I don't know, the mother-child, you know, the blonde mother and her child relationship, or there's something to do with dads, absent dads, people learning how to be dads. Um, And I feel like, I don't know, in all of that, I feel like Steven Spielberg is also really good at directing kids to not be annoying. You know, I think of Drew Barrymore in E.T. Yeah. You know, uh, other kids that he's directed in other movies that I'm not thinking of right now in this moment. But I know that movie that he directed with the kids in it. Remember that it all had all the kids. Goonies. Goonies. Remember that he directed Goonies. He didn't direct Goonies. Um, He didn't. Why did I? No. He he didn't direct. You know what? You know what? We are not going to suffer here. I. You know. Don't make me get chat Because Uh, Richard Donner, I think. Oh goodness. I don't know why I know that. That's I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yep. I mean, all those kids in Saving Private Ryan, those those kids were so funny. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like I've only seen that movie once, and I fell asleep during it. No oh. offense, love the troops, but you know, I was just, I was I was, I was too young, it's too young. <laughs> love the troops. I support the uh, troops. <laughs> but you know, support the troops. Oh my god, there were all those kids in Munich. They those kids were great. Um, oh yes. I think the kids in Jaws. Oh, Hook. He directed Hook. Those kids were great. Oh, yes. Run Home Jack. There we go. Yep. Yep. I feel like at some point there were children in the color purple, and I enjoyed them too. If he had anything to do with actually directing Poltergeist, I thought those kids were great. Yep. I think so too. Yeah. I think I've proven my point. I th- I, th- I think you have. <laughs> okay. Close Encounters of <laughs> the Third Kind. Kids in that. Ooh, nice. Yeah. There we go. So I now I feel like... And... Best supporting actor Kihi Kwan was Indiana uh, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and there we go. He was pretty annoying in that, but I love that movie. I feel like maybe that was my Goonies tie-in because Kihi Kwan is also in the Goonies too, right? Yes, yes, yeah. you are correct about that. Um, so I just got my wires crossed. That's all right. Um, you know, while we're while we're crossing our wires, have you seen Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? 
Yes. Or um, recently. I mean, I guess you have if you knew that Kiki Kwan was in it, but maybe you just know things about Oh, wait, it. no, I haven't. You know, I have not because I think I've, I always see the one with like the cup at the end and like the guy drinks out of it and his face melts off. And Oh, is, yeah. Is that I think like that's, a big ball? I think that's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh, okay. So I yeah, I've not the first seen one. Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, Temple of Doom uh, is my favorite, uh, but I haven't seen, nice. I guess I haven't really seen the other two to to confirm it um but is definitely a childhood staple i feel like it was an hbo staple when i was a kid and it was almost going to be a suggestion for this month this month of oh, yeah. uh, action movie month but kate capshaw is terrible in it oh she's oh, awful no. and it's very scary at points it's very very scary Ooh, i mean harrison ford is so hot it's like oh. peak I feel like he was like 42 when he did those, which is like the hottest age. I yeah, it's the know. hottest age. Yeah. yeah. I just want to be preserved Fact. in amber when I turn 42. <laughs> Bringing yeah. us right back to Jurassic Park. Yeah, hey, that is called a transition. Um, so Jurassic Park, for anyone who doesn't know, because they're just like, you know, uh, going, you know, buck wild and just hit and play on things they've ever seen. Yeah. Um, the whole idea is that this man, John Hammond, played by Sir Richard Attenborough, who's like, he directed Gandhi, the movie, not the Whoa. guy, um, that won Best Picture. So he's he's no schlub. Um, yeah. So he wants to open Jurassic Park. He's got dinosaurs on this island. So he flies out these paleontologists, Ellie and Grant, to like give their seal of approval. Joining them is a chaos theory mathematician, Malcolm, Ian Malcolm, played by... Best Supporting Jeff Goldblum, and Gennaro, uh, who's the lawyer, who I always thought was David Strathairn, but is not. Yes, he wishes. That's he who I wishes. would play in Jurassic Park, by the way. You'd play Gennaro. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't want to, but that's that's the only place I fit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I guess I, you would you could pull that hat off, yeah. Yeah, that's a good Yeah, hat. so that's like, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, I don't know who I would be. I think I'd have to just be B.D. Wong. i just have to be, like, sassy and in one scene. Yes, just, like, spouting some facts. Yeah. Though I, like I also that. really like Samuel L. Jackson's character. I really like his just, oh, like... Oh, yeah. Hold I, on to I, your butts. Yeah, he, yeah. Hold on to your butts. If ever I wanted to be remembered for saying anything, it's hold on to your butts. Yeah, that's... It's kind of like an iconic role, too. It's like, I don't think people forget that he's in it, but I'm just like, yeah, this is Samuel L. Jackson. I, I love that he's in this. And he's like a 10th build Samuel L. Jackson. He is like, it's That's yeah, crazy. It's a small role or small-ish. But anyway, uh, so they are all there uh, to kind of give their seal of approval on Jurassic Park. And he's also in invited his grandchildren, Tim and Lex, um, played by Joseph Mazzello and Ariana Richards, and uh, it all goes to shit because, in the meantime, Wayne Knight's character, Nedry, has posed as an employee or has infiltrated Jurassic Park and is stealing embryos uh, to bring, you know, to nefarious folks. And he ends up just blowing the whole thing, shutting off the power. The dinosaurs get out. The kids are in danger. You know, John Hammond eats a bunch of ice cream and, and kind of just sits around for a while, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's just like a bad night and a terrible day at Jurassic Park. Oh, gosh, it is so stressful. Um, I want to I want to talk about the T-Rex scene because that whole sequence is just so good. Like even after all these years like that in the kitchen scene still like make my like blood pressure rise i just even though i know what's gonna happen I, it's just i think it's just so it holds up like i know there's like mm -hmm. a few wonky moments with like cgi or whatever but for the most part i know this is an oscar-winning film too because of how good it is uh you know in like the sort of the visual effects department too but that t-rex is terrifying and the whole setup like even the water like it's just so perfect it's, I mean, it's something to kind of like remember the, the, you know, remember the time as they say of like when this came out, like we're so used to like what Jurassic Park gave birth to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just like set the bar for like action adventure movies. It just had such a, a, a great script, great characters, great acting, great set pieces, great effects. I mean, like it's an amazing score. I mean, that John Williams score oh my God. is stunning. Yeah. Um, 
and you know similar to speed last week it's like probably even more so is like deeply recognizable yes yes oh my gosh it's one of the greatest movie scores of all time i i can't believe it wasn't nominated for an oscar oh it wasn't no the oscars the only oscars get nominated for were like best sound so i guess that sort of counts because you you know the soundtrack sound score sounds really good best uh sound effects editing and then best visual effects how did this not get nominated maybe they just didn't know what they had i guess but that is i don't know an oversight i mean should should we see what scores got nominated and won over jurassic park at the 1994 yeah i think we have to i think we have to do this um so get ready let's go back to a simpler time 1994 this was the year that Tom Hanks won his Oscar for Philadelphia. Um, mm. This was where Tommy Lee Jones won his Best Supporting Actor Oscar for The Fugitive. Oh, you love that nice. movie. Um, oh, this is when Holly Hunter and uh, Anna Paquin won the Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress wow. combo, similar to this most recent Oscars, but for the piano. Cool. Um this is okay so let's see let's scroll down now and let's get to the matter at hand steven spielberg did win an oscar for schindler's list this year oh and i think that's probably what won oh that's probably the score yep yeah so i mean the score all right so well you know this should make everyone feel better is yes schindler's list did win for best score the score is composed by john williams okay so i mean yeah, win-win, I guess. But I, I would have liked to have seen Jurassic Park on that nominee list. At least a nomination. I mean, listen, I haven't seen The Firm, but it's on my <laughs> list. But it was nominated. And there we go. I don't know the difference between The Remains of the Day and The Age of Innocence. I, I couldn't tell you the difference. But yeah. both of them, you know. Uh, and then The Fugitive, which, you know, I know you're a big fan of, but... It stresses me out that movie but i feel did we yeah. cover that movie i feel like i saw it like fairly recently within the past like five years maybe we just saw it at my friend kate's house one night probably i don't i don't, I don't think we would do the fugitive i remember no, seeing that as a kid there. and like i know seal awards in it i know even julianne moore's in it but i don't remember them yeah no i i can't remember any women in that movie <laughs> no i just remember like harrison ford running through like a, a tunnel yep yeah, and I think like it's just running like, away from a train. Yeah, yeah, it's just like two hours and ten minutes of Harrison Ford just like running away alongside a train. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness! So, uh, anyway, that is what happened with Jurassic Park and the score to Jurassic Park. But anyway, I feel like like you even look at the other Jurassic Park movies now. Like the mo- I saw the most recent one. And it's just so convoluted and the story is overly complicated and it just, it, yeah, the effects are more polished and whatnot, but I don't think the, like, the heart is there that's in this original one. And again, just like the simplicity, like we are just here for an adventure and, you know, the aforementioned Romancing the Stone, it's a pretty simple setup and then you're just off on the adventure. And I feel like, I don't know, uh... God bless, uh, you know, this simple steak and potatoes kind of movie to be so compelling. Yeah, I feel I, I, I have not seen the most recent one. I, I don't even know what what I did see, but I feel like it was one like when they first started rebooting them with Chris Pratt, like the first one. Mm-hmm. It's like the one where, oh, God, that like woman had the most horrible death. She got like, do you remember that? Like she got like picked up by pterodactyls and like clawed apart and then like a huge whale of a dinosaur like just ate her and in the water. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like Jurassic World. I remember that clip going around Maybe on was, social media. Yes. Yeah. I was like, good Lord. And then it was Bryce Dallas Howard like running in her high heels. That was the other takeaway. That was the other thing I knew about it. But I, yeah. but, and I also feel like there was like, there were a lot of moments of like Chris Pratt putting his hand out as if he's like stopping a golden retriever from jumping. Yes, it was. He was like a raptor trainer or something. Yeah, and I was like, this is that's the dinosaurs don't, need to don't be respond here. to that. Yeah, and I feel like I saw the second and the third one. Like one of them had Julianne Moore. I think the one where they were like back in the jungle because the second one is when they like went into the city. Maybe I don't know. 
The second one is The Lost World, which I haven't seen since it was in the theaters, but you're right. It does have Julianne Moore. I would revisit that one just to know. I mean, just to know, just to see. I feel like Julianne Moore cries at some point and does that like bow tie mouth. So like that's like <laughs> bow tie mouth. Yeah. That's worth something. Um, but then the third one is kind of like the Walmart great value, you know, brand uh, of Jurassic Park. Where that's like that's the one with Tay Leone and William oh, H Macy yeah. and uh, Alessandro Nivola, who was the hot guy in Junebug. Oh, nice! Yeah, remember him? Uh, and Is the thing the one that who... I, re- yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, he was the one that like came back home with his like English wife, the one getting yes. married. But yeah, yes, gotcha. yes, yes, him. Um, but what I remember the most from the from Jurassic Park three is that there's a scene where he's like, he's like in a parachute or he's paragliding, and he's got kind of those like you know like those rock climbing straps that kind of go Ooh, that yeah. hook and kind of like bunch up the crotch. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's like he's smuggling you know pears in there. It's just nuts. <laughs> It's just bananas. It's like he's it's like he's got Literally the Barbasol enough. can full of embryos in his yes. garage, you know? You laughed like Wayne Knight did whenever he, like, when they opened that. <laughs> yeah. That was such a crazy choice for an actor. Like when they opened the Barbasol, he like wheezes laughing yes. in glee. Yes, I, I always remember that because I always remember that squeal when it pops open. Yes. Yeah. Because I thought it was the Barbasol that made that noise, but it's, right. it's Wayne Knight. Oh, God. Oh, he's a... He's the worst in this movie. He's the worst. Yeah, he's Newman. Newman. And you know that because you're a big Seinfeld head. I've seen three episodes, I think. Just yeah. Like. Yeah, I know. We we did two of them on this podcast. We did. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, anyway, you know, let's, I think, you know, we've been just jumping around, but that's, that's okay. It, it, nobody yeah. needs a, a play-by-play of Jurassic Park. But I think that, you alluded it to him, and why don't we zone in on Jeff Goldblum? Uh, I mean, the only one with a lick of sense in this entire movie, and I don't think I remembered that. Like, he's like, this this is not to be tampered with. You are asking for trouble. He's, you know, he sort of started that conversation at that dinner, and um, I love that he was right. Mm-hmm. I love that he was right. Because, like, what I always remembered is just kind of like, oh, it's a great big pile of shit. And just, like, him being kind of, like, just doing the Jeff Goldblum thing where, like, I know and I also hope that he's, like, improvising when, you know, everybody else gets out of the car and he's like, and now here I am talking to myself alone. That's chaos. Like, it's just, like, a very, like, yes. Jeff Goldblum in a cell phone commercial kind of kind of delivery. Um, but I love that he's, yeah, he's right and... I love that he doesn't die. I feel like that's the biggest, like the biggest thing for me is that, that Ian Malcolm doesn't get killed. Yes. I kind of love it. Cause they could have easily done that. And I, I think Jeff Goldblum is so like singular. I think he is like such an interesting energy, but you know exactly what it is. It's almost like a cousin of like Christopher Walken. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? It's not mm-hmm. the same cadence of the voice, but like, the same way you know Christopher Walken is the same way you know Jeff Goldblum. And I, I really don't think there's anyone else who could have played this role. And, like, the, the iconic things, like you said, too, is, like, the pose with him, like, shirtless. Oh, I love Jesus. that. I want that on a tote bag. Yeah, I feel like I feel when, like they have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I feel like when they showed that shot of him, like, you know, shirt open, laying on the table after, you know, they got him back to, you know, wherever they were, the, the command center. Um, yes. I was like, this, this memory has just been waiting for me to unlock it. Like this, maybe this is what made me gay. Between this and Ellie running through the jungle and and you know leaping over logs and jumping over you know doing pitfall through the jungle, like I think I came, I I definitely came out of that theater gay. I and yeah. this was a big part of it too. I mean, him in that like sort of seductive water drop theory where he takes like Ellie's hands. And I love there's like that choice that he does to like tug at her hair before. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's in a silly way, not in a flirty way. But I would just be like, oh, my God, your hands, Dr. Malcolm. Dr. I, d- Malcolm. I think he's hot. And I, I still think he's very attractive. I think he is aged like the finest wine I've ever seen. He has the best IMDb picture of all time. I just he's so hot and so weird (laughs) yes and and you know i think the other like i agree with you that there's like the christopher walken thing i feel like 
the I'm not as big of a fan of Nicolas Cage, but I feel like he tries to kind of I think he's he's like the more gimmicky version of like the Jeff sure. Goldblum thing, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. But like like just being weird and kind of having his own brand. But I just yeah, Jeff Goldblum, I'm looking at his IMDP picture right now. It's I you know, I wish he was it's loud. Like, yeah, I yeah. wish he was one of our gay elders. I wish I could claim I him know. as our own. I mean, he was on my short list for White Lotus, and I just I feel that should happen. Oh, just putting that back out there. I could I could definitely get into that. I'm just looking at his upcoming projects on IMDb just to make sure none of them say White Lotus. Well know, he's room right? well, he's in Wicked as the wizard. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, because I don't so, know. I could yeah. sort of see that because he is, he's, you know, he's all smoke and mirrors, I guess. But in Wicked, he's a little bit different. I don't know. I'd be interested to see that. Well, you're going to get to we're, we're We're going to, yeah. Yeah. Do you think we'll end up doing an episode on Wicked? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, probably. I feel, I, you know, yeah. I, I feel like it's sort of leaning or we're running towards that. I mean, we'll definitely do the color purple movie musical for sure. And I, you know, Elphaba and Galinda are sort of their leading roles. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Well, you I'm know, Michelle the... Yeoh is in it. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Yeoh. I mean, listen, I don't know everybody's characters, but or like the size of them, but like Michelle, best supporting Michelle Yeoh. Uh, people love Keala Settle. She's Miss Coddle. Bowen Yang is in it as... Fanny, I don't know if the P is silent. I know what an interesting choice there. Yeah, I, I mean, Madame Morrible. It's it's funny that she's like top build, but Madame Morrible is is fine. Like her character is like, I don't know. She's just like an old, uh, you know, professor at Shiz, which is the like the school that they go to, and she sings a little bit. And, and like the the wizard, I almost said the lizard and I, the wizard and I. Uh, but you know, we love Michelle. Glad to see her working. Yeah. You know, another another people when you said school, I was just like, this just sounds like Harry Potter. Is this is this wizard school? Is this witch school? I know. No, I mean it's it's not really dwelled upon, I guess, in the stage show, but I wonder what they're gonna do and how true they'll stay to like the book rather than the musical and have some sort of hybrid of that. But um but yeah, maybe we will. I feel like we will. Yeah. I mean it doesn't come out for like Oh my another... god, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know why we're talking about this. I think it doesn't come out at least till 2024. Oh, it comes out November 27th, 2024. So we have a year and then some we to have make time. this decision. Yes. Yeah, you and I could be, we could be in a submersible at the bottom of the Atlantic by that point. <laughs> yes. You know, pop goes the weasel. Yeah, my God. Ugh, yeah. Anyway, um, Bringing us back to Jurassic Park, yes. Jeff Goldblum. I mean, so that's also a reason to watch The Lost World is because he's the main character in The Lost World. Oh, that's nice. They brought him back. I yeah. think I sort of remember that. Yeah, I feel that, you know, he kind of pops in and out as well, too. He's kind of, you know, he can't really do anything. But I do love him in the back of that Jeep, with oh. the, like, which is also another Ellie scene. She has a great scream in that scene. That when, scene. Like, yeah. yeah it's when... so stressful. She and Muldoon, they go to find them and they rescue Malcolm. And then, oh, uh, to me, like that, because like the first T-Rex attack is amazing and is like the big moment. But Muldoon and Ellie and Malcolm getting chased by the T-Rex in the Jeep is like right there for me as well. Because, yeah, Ellie is losing her shit up there. It's so good. I wish she was like in more horror movies. Laura Dern has such a good scream. Yeah, it, it and you know they're not looking at anything again i think we talked about it last week too that like the initial sort of you know dr grant and ellie looking at the is it brachiosauruses i think um, i think so one of those one of those Mm -hmm. long neck buggers um you know that it does feel like they're actually seeing them the only thing that's like sort of not believable in that scene is like those things are so big like how could they not have seen them i know ellie's like buried in her map but i feel like you know they're standing right there like hello yeah. Oh, when the like not seeing the T Rex is like you know feet away. Oh, from them. sorry, not seeing the Brachiosaurus like the oh, first time. Oh, the like, first there... time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That scene where he like reaches down and turns her head. Yeah. Yes. 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 But you're right. I mean, Laura Dern has a great scream. That is, I I also find it hard to believe that the T Rex would just stop running. But you know, I also 
then they'd all be dead. So right, so then Ellie that. would be dead, and what am I going to do about that? So yeah, uh, I love that scene. Oh, it's so good. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to talk about. I know it's near the end too, but like I want to, I want to break down this kitchen scene because I do feel like, speaking of a horror movie, like it is set up exactly like that. It's two people running from the killer, and like, and in a way, like the kids, I think they are able to get through it because of everything they've just been through in the past like 18 hours too. If that was their first sort of attack, then they would have never survived. And I just love that they're smart enough uh, to outsmart them, even with like, um, oh, what's her nuts? Uh, Lex, like her, that awesome trick where she's like in that sort of like thing that slides down, but it's like dumb waiter. Yes. I would have just shut myself in there and never came out really. I think I would have just been like, well, I live here now. Yeah, I think this is what she was trying to do. But yeah, I uh, I love that. I mean, the whole yeah, the whole kitchen scene. I feel like as soon as it happens, it's like this this nostalgic warmth comes in because I don't know yeah. what it is about this scene. It just it just is like it's a, it's such a pivotal set piece in my childhood, I suppose. And and it's such a great setup. Just the whole idea of like just that setting, just the you know all of the tables and all of the counters and all of the reflective you know uh, surfaces, like it you know multiple doors, like just the setup of it. And you know having the raptors come in and they have sort of a personality, and it's like you know you can kind of you will see them coming in being like hey, you know what I mean? It's yes. so. They kind of communicate with each other a little bit. It's, I mean, even the first, like, that moment of the raptor, like, showing its face through the window and the door and then, like, blowing the, like, the nose air onto the door. It's just like, ugh, I can't get enough of this. Yeah, and, like, when he he sort of makes that, like, noise, he looks up to the ceiling and the kids, Mm -hmm. like, put their... It is so terrifying. And, like, even, like the way that they navigated to, because it just feels like the raptors should have seen them, you know, and they jump up on the counter and I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. my God, how will they get out of this? And like, just the whole, like Tim running into the, like the deep freezer or whatever. And then Lex coming out of nowhere and just like screaming and pushing. I loved it. Oh, I love it. She comes running, screaming with her hands out to slam the door. It's so yep. good. Yeah. You know, you got to give it to Lex in this movie. She goes from being like, totally like she goes from making the stupidest decisions like that stupid flashlight during the initial oh, t-rex attack i was like lex honey i don't know what you got to do but just turn that light off honey just turn it off uh like so she's she's part of the problem in the beginning but as the movie progresses lex ultimately saves the fucking day yeah Honestly, oh, that's right, because she also knows computers. I mean, yeah. I feel like it, there's only like one line that hints at that like earlier in the movie, but I'm I'm so glad because that's also stressful when they finally get the doors closed. And then like there's that great moment um, where they they call like Dr. Hammond and they're like, we're good. We have the doors locked. And then Ellie's like, they're coming through the glass. And oh, then yes. Scream. And Richard uh. Attenborough goes, ah. Oh, oh my so God, good. Richard Attenborough, he gets to really go to a 27 in that moment. I, I enjoyed that. It was like yeah. side by side, Richard Attenborough, Hammond screaming, Grant, and earlier in the movie, Ellie going, run, run. Like, I love a growl. I know. Okay, let's talk of going back to Ellie's raptor moment. How did Samuel L. Jackson get killed? Like, where did he was he like tasked to go to that place too? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know where we lost him because that's his arm that came down on top of her. Yes. Yes. So once they, they switch everything off and then they switch it back on again, then he was like, Oh, we just have to turn the power on at the power station. I could get us back online in like three minutes. So he goes to do it. And then as a lot of time passes, that's when Ellie's like coming down those stairs and she goes, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yes, yes, yes. And I so totally then, yeah. missed that. I don't know how because I don't know. Maybe I was Lucy was biting me or something. I don't know what. Yeah, all was you know, maybe TikTok. Who knows? Who knows what happened? Yeah, you know. I I want to say that I watched this in the. <laughs> I watched it in the rain. I watched it while it was raining outside. What if I was just sitting oh, in my backyard in the rain? Yeah, right. Um, and it it like adds <clears throat> to it. It it just like it's it's perfect. Um, yeah. so I recommend on a rainy day especially if it's nighttime too, like have the windows open, 
and watch Jurassic Park. But that it's such a classic horror movie, like with the like, oh, Mr. Arnold. And then it's just the arm. It's so funny. Everything about that scene, I just love. I love the timing of it. I love when she was like, you know, we're back online. And then the raptor jumps out. Like, it's such a great <sighs> jump scare. It's like a welcomed jump scare. And I mean, Laura Dern. Oh my God, she is like it's so it's so intense. It's so quick and like you know that she's like kicking the door, you know, the the cage closed to keep the raptor away, and like it's just it it happens so fast, and then she backs up, and then the arm drops on her shoulder, and oh, Mister, uh, oh, Mister, or whatever, oh, Arnold, Arnold, yeah. um, and it's oh God, I and then her running through that that hut with the light with the flashlight dragging <gasps> behind her. Her limping, yes. Her limp, just... her limp running through the, the hut. It, it is, I don't blink. It is my favorite scene in this movie. It's so good. And then you see like the raptor's like feet slash claws just like right behind her. Because um, yeah. even when the raptor first comes out of all those like, like the wires or whatever, she like jumps onto the wall in front of her. She's, yes! like, she's like Spider-Man. Because like I think she's so scared that she doesn't remember to open the door, which I would just die of a heart attack right there. I wouldn't even know what a door was in that moment, but somehow she's able to do it, and it's so thrilling. It's a great nuance that she starts climbing the gate, you know, in the, instead of opening it. Like, it's such a great moment. And, yeah. yeah, and it's just, it's so quick, and then she just gets the fuck out of there. And, it, oh, it's so satisfying. And just that long shot of her running towards the camera and out of the fence, closes the fence, collapses and cries. And I guess because the thing is trapped in the hut behind the door, like, she's able yeah. to stop. But, like, yes. oh, I... It's just so good. It's just, and honestly, I know we've, we've said this before, but it's like basically the reason we're doing this episode. The fact that she cries is like the the whole movie I like more because that character cries in that moment. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, and I, I think we would be remiss to to uh, to not mention Muldoon's death because that all takes place before because she finally gets out of the hut. She's behind that gate, and then we go back to Muldoon for the cl iconic clever girl scene. Mm. And I just, I can't believe he was there the whole time, <laughs> just like chilling. Yeah, yeah, because he like, you know, says we're being hunted right now, so he like, you know, tells her to run. And so like, he's kind of like basically half sacrificing himself um, so that yeah. she can go turn on the power. But yeah, then he, and it's interesting, I kind of picked up on it this time that like he makes some comment that they like, they remember. And there's a, there's a moment in the very beginning of the movie where like he and the raptor make eye contact through the gate, through like the, the cage it's in. Yes. And so it's this really great kind of like, oh, this is uh this is something this is personal and uh yeah i'll say this muldoon bob peck can get it bob peck can get it those shorts oh, oh my yeah. god it's like there's when he has his like like feet up on the counter like those knee-high socks and oh. like showing off those thick thighs i'm like what is happening he's right? so hot in this Oh my God, he's so hot in this. I I want I want to be his clever girl. You know, <laughs> I want him to look at me and go, "Clever girl," and I just wink. And then at him. shoot me, yeah. And then he shoots me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh God, yeah. I I just it's so scary that scene at the same time too because that's really the only full close up of like a raptor tearing someone apart that we get, and I, it feels so real. I was noticing the way they filmed his death was really interesting because that that palm frond kind of blocks most of our view of it but we see yep. just enough where it's like ooh, this is brutal yeah it like bites his head off really yeah like, god it's it's terrifying and then we see that snake slithering across i don't know that what was it is so but i'm cool. like that's so 90s ish i yeah. don't know yeah but i i love because i guess there was another raptor like it was slithering past like another raptor because yes. that was the whole like setup that Grant had at the beginning where he was talking to that stupid kid about how raptors attack and like you think you're you think you've tracked one of them and then another one comes from the side and gets you so I love that moment of like the decoy raptor just like watching well this snake just slithered by and they just like coexisted yeah it's really really good that kid I don't know who that actor is, but I feel like I've seen him in like every 90s movie. He's just one of those kids. I know. I So his name is Whit Hertford. 
and I am going to pull up his IMDb because I feel the same way. I feel like I have seen him in every 90s movie being like the same character. And I like kind of had a crush on him, but like it was weird. He kind of looks like a bat, like a vampire. Yeah. Oh, you had an interesting taste in crushes as a kid. I know. There's someone else that's like him. Oh, God. Was he in like Little Giants or something? Bowl cut, sort of blue eyed. Oh, we might have to go look up little. We might have to do the BSAs of Little Giants. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? It's probably so awful. Oh my god! Well, I he's this kid's been in a bunch of stuff. You know, he was in an episode of Mr. Belvedere. That's probably what you're thinking of. But more importantly, well, Little Giants has like Ed O'Neill at his hottest. Oh God, that's right, because he's like the jock big brother and Rick Rick Moranis. Yep. Shauna Waldron, where have we seen you? The American president. She plays Lucy Shepard. Oh my God. She's an alum. And it's from 1994. This is a real era for us. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Little giants. I just remember those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the Mm -hmm. helmet. They look so good. Well, I can tell you, here's a fun connection. As I'm scrolling into the cast, there is an actress named Mary Ellen Trainer who plays a character named Karen O'Shea. Do you know who else she plays? The sister in Romancing the Stone. Oh, my gosh. It's all coming back to Romancing the Stone. It really is. I'm telling you, Romancing the Stone is like, uh, oh, my God, Mary Ellen Trainer died in 2015. Oh, well. <gasps> she was also in Die Hard and The Goonies. Yes, she was in Die Hard. She plays, I saw her in the first hour of Die Hard that I watched. She plays like a news anchor. <gasps> and I The Goonies. And The Goonies yep. that we talked, you just said that. I just took me a minute to process That's that. That's okay. Yes, and The Goonies. Everything is just a, a, is looping in on itself like a pretzel today. I know it's really strange, like how we've constructed these random choices. And you know, there is some like f- uh, through line. You like we'll follow an actress for a couple weeks, and then mm-hmm. we'll go on to something else. But it is crazy how it's all the interconnectedness of Hollywood, especially in the '90s. I guess. Yeah, I sometimes I because one of my favorite things to do is to get into like a real IMDb rabbit hole, and. Because uh, I've saved like a bunch of movies on my watch list on IMDb of like, oh, I'd like to see that sometime. And I just kind of like have it, you know, and I don't watch any of them. I don't know if you know what that's like to make a list of things and never watch any of them. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever experienced I, that. Uh, I've heard it's it's bad. I've it's decided that I'm, when people ask me to watch something, I'm just going to tell them I probably won't. But thank you for the yeah thank you for the recommendation and that in a polite way because i just know i won't especially if it's someone who's going to follow up you know um i, I just it makes your life yeah. easier yeah um, just tell them right away it's like when someone asks you to do something like an event i'm like i'm gonna say no now but thank you because i'd yeah. rather not commit and then piss someone off by canceling like the day before or the day of right or go through all that anxiety of like oh my god i don't want to do this it's like yes. no just don't do it yeah yeah it's fine um yeah, that's fine. Uh, well, you know, don't watch Romancing the Stone. Whatever you do, don't watch Romancing the Stone. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe by telling me not to do it. It's like Keon's nephews when they're trying to get him to eat. Mm-hmm. His nephew Colton, like, they're like, Colton, don't eat that. Don't eat that strawberry. And then he grabs it and eats it. So maybe that's maybe that's what I need. Yeah. Um well, uh, yeah, I don't we'll know see how, if, where, yeah. where do we get? Where, oh, where we well, the whole point about? of this was that, you know, I'd go into an IMDb rabbit hole and then yes. like I would click on an actor and then I would scroll through their filmography and like, and as I would go down, like down through the years, I, I try to see like, Ooh, how many of, how many movies have they been in that are in, on my watch list? And I'll get down like halfway through their filmography and it's like, okay, I've got two so far. And then I'll start to gamble. I'm going to say there's two more in here. I'm going to say there's been one more, at least one more thing. Yeah. And it's just the dumbest game. They're going to find me fused to my bed, you know, just <laughs> dead for weeks. And the last thing I was doing was like scrolling Mary Ellen Trainer's filmography to see how many movies she's in that are in my watch list. I love it. He he died doing what he loved. Exactly. That's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God. We should um, all be so lucky. Yeah. Right. I mean, God, what a way to go. Right. Like, if I'm, you're just going along, just like trying to see, you know, what else Mary Kay Place was in in the '80s, and then plop, yes. you're done. That's your last memory. Was like, oh yeah, she was in Private Benjamin. You know, it's over. Yeah. 
I mean, for me, it's just like the same TikTok video, like starting over and over again. It just yes. keeps playing and playing until my phone dies, I guess. But Oh, uh, my God. Did you see that one that I sent you where the woman says to her cat, Stevie, hold the boobs. Hold the yes. boobs. Oh, my boobs. gosh. That cat was such an interesting shape. I was like, what am I looking at right now? That's what they look like when they have the little the little peanuts. Their little knees are sticking oh, up in the back. They, cute. I, yeah, it makes them look like a little like fancy car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I had once I saw that and then it just kind of like worked its way into my brain. And then I have just I spent all of Sunday just being like, Marco, you hold the boobs. You hold the boobs. Hold the boobs. Boobs. I love that. Um, well, now we're talking about TikTok. So we've really, you know, yeah. like, we're really we're really tempting the orchestra here. Um, yeah. Actually, I want to bring up one thing before that. Orchestra no, no, in, I'm not cutting us off the orchestra is just no, looking at me good. Yeah, yeah hold that baton yeah i feel i want to mention just because we really didn't talk a lot about sam neil as dr grant too and he's sort of like this you know the curmudgeonly sort of guy doesn't like kids i do love his reaction to you know timmy and that sort of like chase of where are you going to be sitting he's like next to you and he just like sh- shoves the door in his face mm-hmm. and you know over time we see them like snuggle up with him in the tree which is cute and I do love the, there's two things I, I wrote down, but um, when Lex is having that panic attack and like saying, like, he left us, he left us. And he's like, but that's not what I'm going to do. And you believe him in that moment. And it mm-hmm. is something, it, she finally, you know, as much as she can, calms down. And and he has like, he has a really great chemistry with Laura Dern. Like I, there's a scene early on when they are walking, when they're leaving the, the, archaeology site or whatever they're yep. they're out in the field and it feels like an improvised conversation where they're talking about wanting like wanting to have kids and um and he's like saying all the reasons why he doesn't want to have kids and he's like and they smell and then she laughs it's like they don't smell and he's like they do babies smell and some it just of them smell. some yeah. of them smell and it's i just i love like i don't know it's such a broad like 90s thing to set up in act one that this guy doesn't like kids and now he's got to take care of these kids but I also love a broad 90s thing. You know what I mean? Like, I yep. I kind of like seeing that set piece or seeing that piece set up and seeing that, like, you know, that kind of, you know, ham-fisted element of, like, oh, I bet he's going to have to learn how to like kids. Yep. I don't know. I It's like a, it's like, it's like stovetop. I know that it's yeah. nothing fancy, but it's delicious. Yeah, it just works. I, I will add to that like really their chemistry and also give Laura Dern a little bit more flowers during the scene where they go up right before that like random kid comes up where he taps the television and it kind of like goes haywire and Ellie's just like and Dr. Grant and computer computers are not compatible the way she says oh, it yeah. she like laughs it is so natural and just like it almost felt improvised like when he touched the screen or something like that do you remember that i do tiny moment no i know exactly what you're talking about and it did feel very improvised like she just i love i love when actors laugh through their lines because it sounds it doesn't sound like a line anymore yeah and also the other moment that we didn't talk about was her ellie sort of having that ice cream scene with uh dr hammond where she really lets him have it and then like she has this like great acting moment then she finally reaches forward to take a like the smallest bite of ice cream i've ever seen in my entire life i'm like laura you got to get it just take the bucket that's what i wanted her to do yeah yeah i would have just the the big one the i would have dragged that across the table and been like well you know uh can't think of anything better to do at the moment. I don't want to go save the kids. I just want to eat this ice cream. Yeah. Uh, no, she is like, yeah, that great speech where she was like, you like, I get it. Like I fell for this place too, but like, you just can't like, you can't do this. Like, this is just not, you know, she kind of becomes the other voice of reason with Ian Malcolm, you know? Yeah. And I think like having the kids there is, an added layer for him not that he wants like anyone to die but like the fact that his grandkids are in danger too it just adds to that decision of like yeah you're right i think yeah right i feel like he you know uh so i guess there's like that moment where they're considering there's some option where it's like if there's there's a plan that they have that could end up like killing all of the dinosaurs by not feeding them a certain mineral or something and you know someone was like oh but then they'll all die and you know he's like people are dying and it's like oh he gets it now you know yep 
And the other um, Dr. Grant moment that I wanted to mention, it's just like there's no better dad bit than this. Like Tom Kachanov has done this several times, the electric fence bit. Uh-huh. Where he, like he holds and he's like, and my dad has done that to us like so many times still to this day. It's a great, but I kind of love that Dr. Grant got to be a little silly. Yeah, and I guess I, I kind of is sort of a Dr. Grant being a making a dad joke, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, scaring kids is fun. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, and I think that's really the moral of this movie because, again, this movie, for as much as Alan and Ian and Ellie and even Hammond go through, you know, uh, nobody goes through more trauma than Tim and Lex in this movie. Oh, God, I, I can't even imagine the years of therapy they would need. Yeah, right? Like, I kind of, I, I mean, I suppose they were, like, sleeping in shock on the helicopter home, but, like, I kind of wanted uh, them to just be, like, shivering and, like, you know, huddled in the corner and, like, just totally wrecked at the end of the movie. Like, I know they were showing the sweet moment of, like, them sleeping on Alan and, you know, Ellie's like, oh, look, maybe he could be a dad. But, like, I'm... I know you haven't seen the movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but the end of that movie is like the serve is the final girl in the back of a pickup truck, like screaming and laughing covered in blood. And yep. like, that's what I want from a movie like this. I, that's what these yes. kids should be going through at this point. I know. I, I would agree with that. That would have been great. Yeah. Um, the, I guess the only other note that I want to add is just to like, I always have such warm feelings for the uh, the herbivores, like the Brachiosaurus. Oh yeah, the ones that eat plants, and they're just so sweet, and just they're such geese. And I worry about them. I don't want them to get bullied. You know, I I just I think the herb the, the honestly, if you think about it, they should have just bred plant eating dinosaurs at Jurassic Park. Yes. Good lord! Like we don't need velociraptors, no, ever, or a T Rex. No, I don't. I mean, I get the T Rex is like the you know piece de resistance, but like, give me a, give me a sweet brachiosaurus, yeah. yeah, or the the tricer, the trikes, the trikes. Give me a, give me a sweet trike. Yeah, I think that's what they should have done. Yeah, well, it's too late now. <laughs> So movie's over. Movie's over. Time to leave. Yeah. We got to sweep up because we're showing Sleepless in Seattle in here next. And you don't want to see that. that. And you know what's funny? I've still never seen Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, wow. I think I've seen bits and pieces. Um, And it's good. Yeah. No, that I feel like... um, there's a great scene. There's a great, uh, like, Rosie O'Donnell's great in it. There's a great scene where Rita Wilson talks about a movie and cries. No, there's some great stuff in that movie. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll do the BSAs of Sleepless in Seattle sometime. Yeah, I wonder if there's, we could loop this into, like, a um, like a, roman- a rom-com month. <gasps> we could do, um, you know, two choices of yours, two choices. I would love to do The Wedding Singer with, uh, you know, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Ugh. I feel like we could do that. Oh, that is really exciting. Romantic comedy month. Oh my God, I love this idea. Yeah, I mean, we've already done the American president, but I would have definitely chosen that for romantic comedy month for sure. That, you know, that, that showed us how much we enjoy covering romantic comedies you know yes actor sexual um, romantic comedies to be more specific yes and and i guess you know i mean i think the family stone is is i don't even i mean it's comedy ish but it's more of yeah. like a holiday drama comedy comedy yep i feel like it was marketed as a romantic comedy yes i with that trailer alone dropping the that uh the strata <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's that's romantic comedy gold. Uh, obviously, yes. we've done my best friend's rat wedding and my big yes. Frankie Greek wedding. Oh yeah, that's right. Gosh, I'm gonna have to think of some some new ones for us. But I feel like I feel like you got a lot on your end there. I, so be, you, that, that's exciting. Yeah, I got I got a few tree ideas. I got I'm I'm already brewing. I'm already brewing a pot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, well, and folks listening, if if there is a romantic comedy that you love that has, you know, a great Best Supporting Actress performance in it and we haven't done it before, like we've done Working Girl, um, then you should let us know. But uh, we'll tell you how in a second because, uh-oh, <laughs> we're getting played off. Ah, what a great episode. 
It was a great episode. Yeah, that was really fun. I mean, this movie's great. I, this is the kind of movie that you can just, like, queen out for an hour. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it 8,000 times. And if yeah, not... everyone's seen it. You know, hopefully you got something out of this. You learned a little bit about romancing the, the stone this week. That's, I think... <laughs> Indeed, we did. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, I don't know, for some reason, stuttering on romancing the stone made me think of Jessica Wilde. She, she liked the, the, the soft shell taco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, God. I watched that clip recently, and I was just like, that is that is it. That is the funniest moment of the season. Yeah, I showed it to Keon, and I don't think he got it. Like, he could tell it was entertaining, but I was like, but no, this is... You need, like, the whole context. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. You need to go all the way back to season two to really appreciate that moment. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we're being played off, and I'm just, like, ignoring the orchestra. So, you know... (laughs) Uh, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you tell everybody where they can find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? You can find me on All Right Mary, uh, discussing the, uh, aforementioned All Stars 8 with Jessica Wilde. And you can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at... BSA pod or you can send us an email at the BSA pod at gmail.com and uh, keep your Jurassic peepers peeled. yeah there it is there it is it took a minute keep your Jurassic peepers peeled because just around the corner is the best sporting after show and we absolutely have a lot to talk about we'll catch up on next weekend in New York we will catch up on the other two. We will catch up on that other show you finished. Beef? Beef? Yeah. Uh, I certainly will not spoil the bear, but I have a lot of thoughts on the bear. Yes. And uh, all of that, plus early access to episodes just like this at BSA Pod. Nope. At patreon.com slash BSA Pod. Lots to talk about this week. Tune in, folks. Yeah. Tune in. Join us. Yeah. Um... Anyway, that's it. That's all we got. We need to get into two pre-owned lease Toyota Tercels named Ruth and Cheryl. And we need to get the hell out of here. And that, as they say, is that. <laughs> I guess I'm just doing this on my own here. <laughs> oh.